Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Good day, partisans. Happy Monday, March 9th, 2020. I'm Brian Wilmer. This is Locked On ACC. We start another week after a very busy one last week, both around the ACC and around my non-ACC life. But that's another story. Glad you're here. I'd love to hear from you. You can contact the program on Twitter. We are at LockedOnACC. You can also email the show, LockedOnACC at gmail.com. You can send us your voice memos, your thoughts, whatever you may want to share with us. We also love your show ideas, too. So if you have any of those, please do share those with us as well. Let's start the program by honoring the women, shall we? Yesterday being International Women's Day, we also crowned an ACC women's champ. Second-seeded NC State, your new ACC women's basketball champion. Big day yesterday for the Wolfpack. Four double-digit scorers for NC State. Aislinn Koenig and Elisa Kunain, 18 points apiece for NC State. Kunain, 10 of 14 at the line. She also hauled in nine boards. Jakia Brown-Turner with a double-double on the day, 14 points, 10 boards. For the Wolfpack, Jada Boyd also added 10 for the ACC champion NC State. 22 of 50, 44% for NC State on the day yesterday. 10 of 23 from three, 43.5% for NC State. They also shot 17 of 24 from the line for just shy of 71%. On the Florida State side, three double-digit scorers for them. Kia Gillespie, 25 points on 9 of 18 from the deck. Naja Wolfolk, 17. And Nikki Akamu, 17 for the Seminoles. They were 22 of 64 from the field, 34.4%. 11 of 34 from 3, 32.4%. And 11 of 14 from the line, 78.6%. Your hustle statistics for yesterday. Points in the paint, even at 20. FSU, 11 to 5 off turnovers. NC State 13-9 on putbacks, 8-0 for State in transition, and 10-7 off the bench for the Wolfpack. Congratulations to NC State. They will await their NCAA tournament destination. Another great tournament put on by Greensboro. Announced attendance yesterday, 7,324. So a sizable crowd in Title City to see that one. Let's also, while we're at it, take you back through the action of last week. If we were not on Thursday or Friday, we should tell you about what all took place in our absence. Georgia Tech beat Clemson last Friday, 65-62, and I saw while I was elsewhere, I saw immediately uh, our good buddy Justin Mathis passing along that Georgia Tech had snuffed out Clemson's torch and voted them off of the NCAA island, essentially. Tough outcome for the Tigers, 15-15, and was the record to which they fell. Michael DeVoe, 20 points, six boards for the Jackets. Jose Alvarado, 13. Usher added 11 for Georgia Tech. Tevin Mack with 19 for Clemson. Amir Sims, 12. Curran Scott, 11. Just an overall tough night for the Tigers. 21 of 60 from the field, 35%. 6 of 26 from 3, 23.1. Got to the line just 18 times, though they did hit 14 of those. Georgia Tech, 18 of 42, 43% nearly, 6 of 15 from distance, 40%. 
23 of 28 from the line, 82% for the Jackets. They also out-rebounded Clemson 37-30 in that victory. Also Friday night, NC State putting the hammer down on Wake Forest, 84-64. Five double-digit scorers for NC State. DJ Funderburk had 19.7 boards. Braxton Beverly, 16. Markel Johnson, a double-double, 13 points, 10 dimes. C.J. Bryce, 11 points, 6 rebounds, 3 helpers. And Danny Dixon, 10 points for NC State in 12 minutes. Wake Forest, 4 double-digit scorers on their side. Brandon Childress, 19 points. Olivier Saar, 14. Also grabbed 8 caroms. 12 for Neath, 10 for Shondi Brown. Moving on to Saturday... Five games on the ACC slate. Notre Dame kicked that off beating Virginia Tech 64-56. Just two double-digit scorers for the Irish. TJ Gibbs, 22 points. Dane Goodwin, the other Notre Dame scorer in double figures, he had 13. John Mooney, 7 points, 13 boards for the Irish. Notre Dame shot 42.6% on the day. They were 23 of 54, 10 of 26 from three, 38.5%. Got to the line just 11 times, but hit eight. Virginia Tech, conversely, two double-digit scorers. P.J. Horn, 14 and 7 boards. Hunter Couture, 12 and 4 rebounds. Virginia Tech shot just 36.2% from the field. 31.3 from three. Got to the line just six times and hit four of them. So a rough end of the season for Virginia Tech. They finished 16 and 15. We'll talk more about next steps for them in the next segment. Miami beat Syracuse 69-65 in an overtime victory. Isaiah Wong, 18 points, 9 boards, just one board shy of a double-double. DJ Vasilovich, 17 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, and Cameron Mugusty, 13 points, 4 rebounds for the Canes. Miami shot a fairly anemic 36% roughly on the day, just over 32% from 3. They did hit 13-15 to from the line. Syracuse, not much better. 17 from Dolajai, 13 from Gerard, and 12 from Bayheim. Dolajai also hauled in seven boards, but Syracuse, 24 of 65, good for just shy of 37%. Five of 25 from three, that's 20%. And they hit 12 of 18 free throw attempts, did the orange. Also Saturday, Virginia with a big win over Louisville. Significant victory for the Cavaliers. They won 57-54. Kihei Clark, 18 points, 5 dimes, 5 boards. Mamadi Diakite, 17 points, 6 boards for the Cavs. And Jay Huff, 11 and 5 rebounds. Two double-digit scorers for Louisville. Jordan War, another double-double, 18 points, 11 rebounds. Stephen Enoch, 11 points and 4 rebounds for Chris Max Crew. Virginia shot just over 41%. They were 28.6% from three and 75 from the line. Louisville, 37.3% from the field, 36 from three, 77.8% from the line. They got to the line just nine times and hit seven. Virginia, meanwhile, got to the charity stripe 20 times. Another Saturday tilt. Florida State claims the ACC regular season championship by beating Boston College along with that Virginia win over Louisville. They beat the Eagles 80-62. Kaprivich of 15 points for FSU. Olenizak, 14. Williams, 10. Williams also hauled in six boards to go with his total. Florida State on the day, 
43% from the field, roughly, give or take. Just 5 of 26 from 3, though, 19.2%. They were also 13 of 22 from the line, 59.1%. Now, granted, pretty much everybody on that roster played Saturday. That's still a rough set of numbers at which to look when you're going into the ACC tournament. BC, meanwhile, had three double-digit scorers, Thornton with 13, Heath 12, and Mitchell 12 for the Eagles. BC shot just 33.3% from the field. They were 19 of 57, 27 plus from three. They were 9 of 33 there, and 15 of 24 from the line, 62.5% for BC. And finally, Saturday in the big one, which I'm not going to get into this on this program, but Duke Carolina, even though it is a traditional rivalry and even though it is normally one of the better games each year, that second game got way too much hype this year. We don't need to blow up Carolina Duke this year. We will in future years, but this year didn't need the juice it got. Anyway, Duke wins 89-76. Another double-double. Seems though that they always happen for Vernon Carey. We'll talk more about him in a minute as well. 25 points, 10 boards for Carey. Another double-double for Trey Jones, too. 21 points, 11 dimes, 3 rebounds. For the Duke point guard, Cassius Stanley, 19 points, 6 boards. Justin Robinson, 13 and 6 for the Blue Devils. Duke on the night shot 47%. They were 25 of 53. They also shot 47% roughly from 3. Round that up, 48. 10 of 21. They were also 29 of 33 from the line where the Blue Devils. Carolina conversely. Two double-doubles from them. Garrison Brooks, 26 points, 13 boards. Armando Baycott, 13 points, 12 boards. Brandon Robinson with 11 points for Carolina. Rough night for Cole Anthony after the conversation that we'd shared with you earlier in the week about Roy Williams and the conversations he had been having with Cole Anthony, trying to coach him to be more efficient. Not so much Saturday night. Four of 14 was Anthony from the deck in 39 minutes. 0 of 2 from distance, 1 of 2 from the line. He had just two boards in 39 minutes. Tough night for Cole Anthony. So there's a recap of your Friday and Saturday action around the ACC. We've got much more to tell you about with what's coming up this week. But first, our first break of the program, we'll go ahead and take that. Come back, get into segment two, share the all ACC plaudits with you, get you ready for the ACC tournament. You're listening to Locked on ACC. Come right back. Welcome back to Locked On ACC, March 9th, 2020. I'm Brian, glad you're here. You can follow me if you want to on Twitter. I am at Sports Matters. Some ACC stuff, some non-ACC stuff, but I'd love to have you follow along with me as well there too. The All-ACC teams announced earlier today to share with you the plaudit winners, your All-ACC first team, Vernon Carey, not at all shocked to see him atop the first team. By the way, before we tell you the numbers, we should tell you that they pointed out that the All-ACC team and award winners were determined by a 75-person selection panel consisting of the league's 15 head coaches and 60 media members. No, before anybody asks, I was not among that group. That's fine. All-ACC team points are determined on a 5-3-1 system, five points for first team, three points for second team, one point for third team. Vernon Carey, 
atop everybody, 367 points for the Duke stalwart. Jordan Wara right behind him, 359 points. John Mooney, 351 of Notre Dame. Trey Jones carries Duke teammate, 348. And Elijah Hughes of Syracuse, 305. I, I hate to say this, but I'm going to anyway. Maybe now we can stop hearing Jim Beheim cry about how nobody respects Elijah Hughes and nobody votes for him for all media teams. Just saying. Second team, Mamadi Diakite, 234 points. Devin Vassell of Florida State, 212. Garrison Brooks, 209 from Carolina. Trent Forrest of Florida State, 200. And Markel Johnson of NC State, 101. Drop down to the third team. Kihei Clark from UVA, 98 points. Jose Alvarado, 87. Amir Sims of Clemson, 79. Cole Anthony, 69. And Olivier Saar, 63. I'm not sure whether I'm more interested, and maybe you guys can help me with this. I'm, I'm trying to process this. I'm not sure whether I'm more interested that Cole Anthony was only a third teamer or that Cole Anthony was even in this group to begin with, considering how much time he missed due to injury. Now, I'm not taking anything away at all from Anthony's talent or from what he did when he came back, but consider how much time he missed. That's the real question I'm having with this. I'm not saying he doesn't belong. I'm not saying he's an invalid selection. I'm just trying to figure out which of those is more intriguing to me. Honorable mention on the All-ACC team, Landers Nolly from Virginia Tech, 58 points. Michael DeVoe from Georgia Tech, 48. Brandon Childress of Wake, 44. Chris Likes of Miami, 32. MJ Walker from FSU, 22. Braxton Key of Virginia, 16. Dwayne Sutton of Louisville, 15. And Stephon Mitchell from BC, 11 points. Those are your all-ACC first and second teams, along with the third team and honorable mention selections. ACC Player of the Year is Trey Jones of Duke. 34 points for the sophomore point guard. Jordan Wara, 17 points. John Mooney, 11. Elijah Hughes, 7. Trent Forrest, 4. Mamadi Diakite, 2. The Rookie of the Year should surprise absolutely nobody if you pay attention to the ACC. Vernon Carey, 70 points in the Rookie of the Year selection. Landers Nolly, 2. Cole Anthony, 2. And Patrick Williams, 1. The all-defensive team in the ACC, Trey Jones, tops that as well, 64 points. Mamadi Diakite got 55 points. Trent Forrest, 55. James Banks, the third of Georgia Tech, 34. Stephon Mitchell, 30. Your all-freshman team, Vernon Carey, 75 points. Cole Anthony, 55. Landers Nolly, 54. Cassius Stanley, 36 from Duke. And Patrick Williams, 29. I thought Patrick Williams deserved more points than that. I'm not saying he necessarily deserved to be the all-ACC top vote-getter for all freshmen. But I just thought Patrick Williams deserved a little more love than that. Maybe he'll get it going forward. I'm not sure. Coach of the Year, Leonard Hamilton, 62 points for the FSU head man. Tony Bennett, 12. Again, not saying Tony Bennett necessarily deserved the Coach of the Year, but I thought he deserved more points than that just because you look at what he lost. You look at how they struggled throughout the year, and now here they are, the two-seed in the ACC tournament, and <laughs> I don't know that anybody expected that, considering what they didn't have coming back from last year. Chris Mack, one point in the Coach of the Year selection. Defensive Player of the Year, we already kind of spoiled a little bit. Trey Jones of Duke, 45 points. 
Trent Forrest, 18. Stephon Mitchell, 8. Kihei Clark, 3. Manny Bates, 1. Interesting that you didn't have Manny Bates on the all-defensive team, and you didn't have Kihei Clark there either, but yet they got points for Defensive Player of the Year. Interesting. Most improved player, Garrison Brooks, 17 points. Olivier Saar, 16. I might have gone Saar there because I saw Saar at times last year, and he struggled. Devin Vassell, 16. Buddy Bayheim 10. Amir Sims, 6. Moses Wright, 6. Prentice Hub, 2. DJ Funderburk, 1. Jay Huff, 1. And your sixth man of the year, Patrick Williams, 35 points. Malik Williams, just behind him at 28. Dane Goodwin, 9. And Isaiah Wong at 3. There, your ACC superlatives, plaudits, however you want to label them. Now feel free to go forward and gripe on your various message boards about why your guy didn't get more love or your coach didn't get more love or whatever it may be because that's our tendency as fans. We go gripe on message boards. You go write those gripes. I won't read them in most likelihood, but what I will do is go ahead and take the second break of the program. We'll come back, get you set for the ACC tournament. It's time. You're listening to Locked on ACC. Come back. Welcome back, everyone. This is Locked on ACC. I am Brian. I'm your host. Thanks for giving us part of your Monday. It's time for the ACC tournament. It starts tomorrow. As you might imagine, we'll have a lot of ACC tournament talk tomorrow, along with throughout the rest of the week. We'll keep you covered for the ACC tournament. But I wanted to share with you a few things around the tournament. First of all, the odds for who will win this, who will not this Courtesy of our friends over at Duke Maven. They share with us the odds to win the ACC tournament. According to Bet Online, those odds are as follows FSU 7 4, Duke 2 1, Louisville 7 2, Virginia 6 1, North Carolina 10 1. Okay, let me pause here. North Carolina 10 1. They would have to get out of Tuesday in Greensboro first and then go all the way through the weekend. That seems a little high. Then again, as I've always said on this program, if you take any gambling advice from me, you deserve to lose every blasted dollar you put into it because I am not an expert. I don't claim to be. Just making an observation. Clemson 25 to 1, NC State 33 to 1, along with Notre Dame and Syracuse, Miami 66 to 1. Pitt and Virginia Tech, 100 to 1, and BC and Wake, 150 to 1. The teamrankings.com model shakes it out this way. They they have the probabilities in percentages. Duke 45% to win, Louisville 24, FSU 16, Virginia 7, Notre Dame 3, NC State 2, Syracuse, Clemson, and Carolina 1%. And Miami, Tech, Pitt, Wake Forest, Boston College, all slightly greater than 0% to win the ACC tournament. Duke Maven also mentions that team rankings has the Blue Devils as the number six team. And in line for a two seed, they say to the surprise of no one that Duke has 100% odds of getting an NCAA bid. 
a 98% chance of getting a top four seed and a 23% chance of getting a one seed, which has fallen from a 27% chance of being a one seed a week ago and 83% three weeks ago. Duke has a 13.1% chance to win the title. That's second best among the group of NCAA teams behind Kansas at 19%. They point out Duke has a 95% chance of making the round of 32, 72% to make the Sweet 16, 51% to make the Elite Eight, and 34% to make the Final Four. It says that Duke has 21% odds of winning the title game. I am absolutely not a prognosticator, so I'm not going to get into this. I report you follow as you wish. I'm just really skeptical about making odds like that before you even see the bracket. That seems really foolhardy to me. But again, that's why I'm sitting behind a microphone and not sitting in a sports book somewhere. Our good friends over at Ken Palm also shared their projections for the ACC tournament. They have Duke, Louisville, Florida State, Virginia, Notre Dame, Syracuse, NC State, Clemson, and Miami, along with Boston College, all 100% to make it to round two because they don't play in round one. So, let's look at round one. UNC, a 58% likelihood of winning against 11-seed Virginia Tech. They are at 42. Wake Forest, the 12th-seeded Demon Deacons, 57.6% to win against Pittsburgh at 42.4. Then from there, let's just go down in terms of order Ken Palm likes Duke, 100% chance to make it to round two in the quarters because they don't play before then, 83.2% chance to win in the semis, 58% to go to the final, and 40.6% to be your champion. Louisville, 73.4% to get to the semis, 50.5% to get to the final, 23.7% to win it. FSU, 75.9% to the semis, 31.4% to the final, 17.9% to win it. Virginia, 61.6% to get to the semis. 25, roughly, to get to the final. And 8.1 to win it. Notre Dame, 76.6% to get to the quarters. 33.5 to the semis. 11.3 to the final. 2.8 to win it. Then from there, we'll just go down and give you the likelihoods of winning the ACC tournament among these teams. Syracuse. Now, let's give you the final two. Why not? Syracuse, 8% to get to the final two to win it. NC State, 4.8 to the final, 1.9 to win it. Clemson, 3.5 to the final, 1.2 to win it. Carolina, 3.1 to the final, 0.7 to win it, which is why I think this 10 to 1 thing is a little ridiculous. Miami, 1.2 to the final, 0.3 to win it. Wake, 0.8, 0.2. Virginia Tech, 1.3, 0.2. Pittsburgh 0.3, 0.09, and BC 0.6, and 0.05. A lot of coaching conversation, too, around this. I've seen a lot of people suggesting that BC might make a move after the ACC tournament, that Wake might also. Wake doesn't seem particularly interested in making a move, but their hand might be forced. We'll break down options if, indeed, that does come to pass. But I will again say... One of the names that keeps coming up at Wake Forest every single time they have the possibility of Danny Manning getting bought out or having an opening, Pat Kelsey at Winthrop, just because he has been an assistant there. He was part of Skip Prosser's incredibly successful staff at Wake. He keeps insisting that Rock Hill, South Carolina, where Winthrop is located, is home to him. 
We'll see if Wake Forest comes calling, if they make an offer, whether or not that home remains as is. But he again reiterated that yesterday after winning the Big South Championship with his Winthrop Eagles. We'll see, A, if Winthrop ends up matched up with an ACC team in the postseason, and B, if Kelsey does indeed decide to leave, if Wake does offer him anything. Tournament starts tomorrow, 4.30, over ACC Network. Number 12, Wake Forest. Number 13, Pittsburgh. Also tomorrow night on the ACC Network. 7 o'clock for 11th seed Virginia Tech and 14th seed North Carolina from the Greensboro Coliseum. Wednesday at noon over ESPN, the 8-9 game, Clemson-Miami. The Wake and Pitt winner will go toe-to-toe with NC State on Wednesday, 2 o'clock over ESPN. 7 o'clock for number 7 Notre Dame, number 10 Boston College. And 9 o'clock Wednesday night, the Virginia Tech-North Carolina winner will take on Syracuse. The night games both on ESPN 2 for those of you who want to follow along. 12.30 on Thursday for number one Florida State and the Clemson-Miami winner. 2.30 on Thursday for Duke and the Wake Forest-Pittsburgh-NC State survivor. All of these on either ESPN or ESPN2. Check your local listings. 7 o'clock Thursday for second-seeded Virginia and the Notre Dame-Boston College winner. And 9 o'clock for louisville and the winner of the Virginia Tech-North Carolina-Syracuse scramble. Friday, your top two bracket winner, whether it be Florida State, Duke, whomever else in that group, they will take the floor at 7 o'clock Friday, again over ESPN or ESPN2. And then the bottom bracket, the Virginia-Louisville side of the bracket, they will face off 9 o'clock Friday night, again over ESPN or ESPN2. And Saturday... Your ACC championship game over ESPN 8.30. We will decide an ACC champion late Saturday night. So there, your ACC tournament bracket. Again, as I mentioned, we'll talk about this in a lot more detail as we go along. We'll break down each of these games as they happen. I'm looking forward to it. You may recall, if you've heard this show's promo, I've mentioned that We used to actually sit in classrooms with TVs wheeled in on carts. Anybody remember those things? Watch the ACC tournament. Don't have to do that now, obviously. I don't know. For for nostalgia's sake, one of these days, I might just get a cart, a cheap one. Take a TV, set it on top of that cart, wheel it into a room, and watch the ACC tournament. I miss those days. I really do. Of course, now we can watch on phones or other mobile devices. It's not the same, though. It's just not. Technology's awesome, but, man, I miss those days. Now that we've said that, that wraps up this edition of Locked On ACC for Monday, March 9th, 2020. Now that you've heard me, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On SEC with our buddy Blake Lovell. Have a great day. I'm Brian Wilmer. See you tomorrow right here on Locked On ACC. Love you. Mean it. <laughs>